Perik Zion Mishnah Zion. Previous Mishnah stated that there is a series of seven enactments of the court that were made that all have to do with a dispensation of using a communal funds to pay for some Mesa Migdash need. Our Mishnah presents the remaining three takanas of this list. And the first of these is that Bezdin enacted regarding the store of salt and wood that was kept in the base of Migdash for the mitzvah of adding salt to the karbanos that are burned on the Mizbeach and the wood that was used to create the fire on the Mizbeach. The Bezdin enacted, even though these things, well, at least initially, were consecrated for the Mizbeach, Bezdin arranged to do the consecration in a way that the Kohanim would be able to benefit from these items themselves. For a personal benefit, that is, the Kohanim would have permission to use the salt, to salt, to sacrificial meat that they are eating in the base of Migdash, and to use the wood, that's generally for the Mizbeach, to get a fire going to cook sacrificial meat for them to eat. So the point is that even though these items were originally exclusively consecrated for the Mizbeach. Bezdin saw fit to allow the Kohanim to benefit from these things, and therefore they arranged that from now on, when we consecrate the wood and the salt, we do so with the mind that the Kohanim too are permitted to benefit from these things in the course of fulfilling their mitzvah of eating sacrificial meat. Now, even though that purpose is not on the same level as meat that's burned on the Mizbeach, that's, you know, bringing it for Hashem, still, the Kohanim too can use it for that purpose. And Bezdin further enacted Vial Hapara regarding the Paraduma, of course, the red cow that is burned down to ashes, and the ashes form the Mechatas, the Paraduma waters that are utilized to purify people or objects that contracted to Mesmeis. She says, the Bezdin was Mesake, and Shaloyu Mo'alin Be'efra, that a person who derives personal benefit from the Parduma ashes, should not be deemed to have committed a Me'ila violation. A Me'ila transgression occurs when one benefits from things that are consecrated for the Mizbeach or the Beis HaMikdash. Now, not every consecrated item will be subject to Me'ila. And as the Rav explains, the truth is that Parduma ashes, once it's in the form of ashes, are really on the biblical level, it's not actually subject to a Me'ila violation. It's not permitted to personally benefit from the ashes, but a person wouldn't be considered to have committed a me'ila violation, which has a specific set of consequences. However, the Rabbanon at one point said that we're going to decree that, in practice, if somebody personally benefits from the Paraduma ashes, it will be considered a me'ila violation. But after making this enactment, the Rabbanon noticed that people then didn't want to deal with the Paraduma ashes. They didn't want to be involved in the process of creating using the Praduma ashes for fear that they would inadvertently commit a Me'ila violation. The Rabbanan therefore reverted back to the original status, which was that if a person inadvertently derived personal benefit from the Praduma ashes, it's not a Me'ila violation. And so that's what our mission is referring to when it says Bezdin was Masak, this meaning they went back to the original biblical status, that there's no actual Me'ila violation for deriving personal benefit from the Paraduma ashes. And the final decree of Bezdin was that in the event that a person was, let's say, a Zav or a woman gave birth, so that person became obligated to bring a pair of birds 
One is an ola, one is a chatos, and in practice, the way this is done is the person takes the required amount of money and places that in the chest to mark for this purpose, and at that point, they can just leave and presume that the kohanim took care of the rest, they took the money, and duly brought the pair of birds. What if the pair of birds that the kohanim purchased with the money became disqualified or got lost? Of course, it will be important to make sure that those are replaced and that in the end, this person's carbon is brought. Otherwise, they're going to go around thinking that they're completely tired. They fulfilled their obligation when they didn't. But the question is, who pays? First opinion, the Mishnah says, the Bezdin enacted that payment in such a case should come from the communal fund, the Shkalim. However, Rabbi Yossi, um, Rabbi Yossi says, that no, the money in this case does not come from the Trumas Alishka, from the Shkalim funds, rather, Mesapik is Akin and Mesapik is Epsulos, the supplier. Whoever the Besamigdash contracted with, who regularly supplies the Besamigdash with its needed birds, he covers the cost. Essentially, the Rabbanan enacted that you know this person gets this valuable contract to be the supplier of the Besamigdash, and he has to essentially extend an insurance policy that says if there's any problem down the road with the birds that he supplies, even if like it wasn't his fault, it wasn't a defect in the bird, if something happened later, the bird got lost, got disqualified, he covers the cost. So Yossi says the zebra doesn't pay in this case, but the supplier, the seller pays.